Hey there, friend. Listen, I want to invite you to join me for an upcoming presentation I'm offering called How to Shift from Willpower to Want Power. If you're tired of feeling like you have the best of intentions with food and weight, only to have it all fall by the wayside by the time your head hits the pillow at night, then this is for you. If you're interested in making permanent weight loss easier and less of a struggle, then this is for you. If you're curious what want power is, which you probably should be, and can't wait to learn how to incorporate it into your journey toward peace and freedom around food, then this is for you. I'll be presenting live twice on Wednesday, May 1st, 2024, at both noon and 7.30 p.m. Central Time Zone. I'll answer your questions live and we'll have a really good time together. But if you can't make either of those days, I'm not going to make you get a replay emailed into your inbox only for it to get lost and never be watched no matter how deeply you want to make time to go through it. Because I mean, honestly, who are we kidding? (laughs) We've all done this, including me. No, instead, we are offering multiple watch parties for several days after the live presentation. So come watch the replay with other doctors and interact in the chat with them and my team. So either way, whether you come live or to a watch party, it will be worth your time for sure. All you have to do is register at katrinaubellmd.com forward slash want power. That's katrinaubellmd.com forward slash w-a-n-t-p-o-w-e-r. See you there. You are listening to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast with Katrina Ubell, MD, episode number 49. This is Weight Loss for Busy Physicians, the podcast where busy doctors like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the weight and feel better so that you can have the life you want. This is the resource you've been looking for to guide you on the journey to overcome your stress eating and exhaustion and move into freedom around food. Here's your host, Dr. Katrina Ubell. Well, hey there. How are you? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining me today on episode number 49. I'm so excited to talk to you because it's been a couple weeks, actually. I got a little bit ahead for myself because we went out of town over the week of Thanksgiving. And so now I'm finally back and kind of dug out and ready to record another episode. And I can't wait to tell you more about where we went and what we did because it totally feeds right (laughs) into the topic of today's podcast. In fact, there was part of the trip where I thought to myself, well, Maybe the silver lining here is that I have some really great things to talk about for the podcast. This makes really good podcast material. So I can't wait to tell you more about that. But before we get started with that, there's two things I wanted to tell you about. The first thing is (laughs) pomegranates. So I have these fond memories of eating pomegranate seeds, but not at home. My mom didn't buy them and we just didn't really eat them. But my kind of my quote unquote second mom, (laughs) my best little friend growing up, her mom was sort of like my second mom growing up. And she was the person who introduced me to pomegranates. And so she 
I remember so distinctly being in their kitchen and her opening these things up and getting the seeds out. And it was such a mess. And we had to be so careful because the juice would stain her clothes and it was staining everything and all this stuff. I remember thinking, these are so yummy. And I just, you know, I mean, let's face it, they're a pain, right? They're a pain to get all those seeds out. And you can buy them already prepackaged, already deseeded or I guess, whatever, the seeds you could buy, but they don't taste the same as the fresh ones. And so a friend of mine, a neighbor, was telling me about this pomegranate de-seeder thing that she had bought at a local grocery store and how great it was. And then her husband broke it. So we were just kind of chatting about that. And I thought, what? It's pomegranate de-seeder? So I looked it up on Amazon and she showed me which one it was. And just on a whim, I thought, okay, sure, I'll bite, I'll get it. So I got it and then bought some pomegranates and it's like the simplest looking thing. But I tell you, this thing works so well. I could not even believe it. It's super simple. You just follow the instructions. So my friend, I'm like asking her, how do you do this? She's like, you just kind of cut it and cut the sides a little, put it on this thing. And then you just whack it a little with a spoon. And I was thinking, what? And I was like, you hit it hard? She's like, no, no, you just kind of tap it and just hit it a little. I thought, all right, let me just give it a try. This thing works so well. Like at the end, there's a, a few little seeds that if you want to be a perfectionist, no, <laughs> if you want to just get them all out, it's a little bit of digging, but not very much at all. And there's a little bit of the kind of the, you know, white pulpy guts kind of part that falls through. And so you have to pick those out of the seeds a little, but it seriously is so great and so fast. It's called the Seed Out 60 Second Pomegranate Deceder. I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes, which you can find at katrinaubellmd.com forward slash 49, the number 49. I'll put a link to it on the show notes so you can, if you're driving right now, you don't have to remember what this thing is called if you want to check it out. But seriously, I'd love to share something with you guys that I'm delighting in and finding really useful. So if you like pomegranates, this is the time for it. And my kids are totally enjoying them too, because I typically never got them because they're a pain, but they're not a pain anymore. It's so great. So seed out 60 second pomegranate de-seeder. Okay, number two, I want to talk to you about iTunes reviews. Of course, right? Guess what? There's 247 reviews. We are making some serious progress, people. So excited, so happy and so grateful and thankful to all of you who have left me a review. So as you may recall from previous podcasts, my goal is to have 50 reviews. So we are almost halfway there. So excited. And so I can't wait for more of you to leave me reviews. If you would please leave me one, I would really appreciate it. Now, what I wanted to read for you today, as you know, that lately what I've been doing as I've been requesting you to leave me some reviews is I have read some of the reviews that have come through. Now, just yesterday, I believe, or maybe two days ago, my assistant sent me a message and said, OMG, you need to go look on the comments page for your podcast, this one podcast, you need to read the comment that I just approved. And I was like, okay, this doesn't happen very often. I'll go and check it out. And I seriously got chills. I was like, holy moly, this is so amazing. So I decided this time to share it with you. And maybe this person who shared it, maybe she'll be willing to put it in as an iTunes review as well if she hasn't left one already. But I wanted to read it to you because it is such a testament to how life-changing this work can be. So she posted under the name of Dr. Mom, and this is what she writes. 
Thank you for creating this podcast. I learned about your podcast from an online physician group. I've been struggling to lose 15 pounds and found myself gaining five extra pounds a year as I started getting into my 40s. I found myself barely eating and extremely angry and frustrated and was now 15 to 20 pounds over the weight I wanted to be. I decided to listen to your podcast because I figured, what the heck? <laughs> I love that. She put that in quotes. What the heck? Right? Like, well, why not? Let's give it a try. I can't begin to explain the difference your podcast has made in my life. I was in a very angry place, trying to control everything around me, especially my children. I was not present. I was always worrying, never sleeping, frustrated by everything and everyone around me. Such a sad place to be. Your podcasts opened my eyes to things about myself I had not looked at in so many years. My entire life, I've tried to be perfect at everything I did and how everyone saw me. Your podcast on B-minus work really struck a chord with me. My pursuit of 100% and A-plus work was stifling me. My to-do list never got shorter, and I was drowning in papers and chores, never starting or finishing many. Now I have at least begun to tackle these things that I made more important than they really were. I have lost 10 pounds by simply not eating between meals and reading the obesity code, which made so much sense to me. And I am not hungry and I'm eating the foods that I enjoy. I've stopped obsessing about food and what my next meal will be. It is liberating. I am a much happier person and my relationships have improved as well. I have stopped trying to always be right and instead began to appreciate all of the people around me for who they really are. I've been meditating for two and a half months using Headspace and wow, I can't believe how peaceful I feel. I am no longer the quote, always angry mom, unquote, my kids feared. I have backed off from controlling their lives and I'm simply enjoying the pleasure of watching them evolve into the most amazing people. I am really listening to them, looking into their eyes. I appreciate my husband so much more and feel closer to him than ever before. I am finally present in my life and I'm eternally grateful that I found this podcast. I was missing out on so much. Thank you for all you do. I mean, come on, you guys. <laughs> Does it get better than that? I mean, I pretty much am emotional reading that. And I don't want these reviews or that kind of comment to come across as me tooting my own horn or anything like that, because it literally has nothing to do with that. Like what I want is for anyone out there who's listening, who's thinking, I don't know, should I really try this stuff? I want you to see evidence and not just my own personal evidence, but the evidence that other people have that this work can truly, truly change your life complete game changer for so many areas, right? She was looking to lose a couple pounds and over the course of doing that has changed her entire experience of her life for the better. And it just makes my heart sing. I mean, I just don't even know what else to say. I'm so proud of you, Dr. Mom, for being willing to do this hard work and being willing to basically admit that maybe the way you were doing things wasn't the best way and being willing to change. That's so hard for so many people, especially when we've been doing things and thinking about things and seeing our lives in a certain way for so many years and so many decades, right? Oh my gosh, it's so, so great. So happy. So you don't have to leave me a long review like that. If you want to, if you want to share with me what's going on, I would love that. These are my favorites to be able to read these. But if you could even just leave me just one short sentence, whatever you think about the podcast, that would be so great. And I would seriously appreciate it. 
so much. Thank you so much. Okay, guess what? Today, we're going to spend some more time talking about the concept of 50-50. Okay, so 50% of our emotions will be negative, and 50% of our emotions will be positive. And that is if we're doing it right. (laughs) So if we are living a good human existence, the way humans should be living, meaning we're not using food and alcohol and other things to buffer or neutralize our negative emotions, then it's going to be about 50-50. And so one of my really amazing clients asked me the following question. And so I coached her on this and answered her this question within my current coaching group. But I wanted to share the question and the answer with you on the podcast as well, because I know so many of you have the same question. And she gave me permission to share this. So this is what she wrote. She said, I've heard you say that 50% of our thoughts are likely to be negative. This has helped me. Just knowing I'm thinking something negative doesn't mean anything is wrong. But now I'm wondering, what's the point of all these thought models and changing our thinking if we can't improve to less than 50% negative thoughts? I know it can't always be rainbows and unicorns, but I'd like to think that doing this work results in a happier person, which I already think I'm pretty happy. Are more thoughts just less negative or have I just confused myself thinking about thoughts for too long? <laughs> I love that, right? Like we're thinking about our thinking. We're like, wait a minute, maybe I'm making this harder than it has to be. So, <laughs> so yeah, for sure, you're completely right. Like this is the way it is, right? Even when we think we're pretty happy, we're still going to have a considerable amount of negative emotions. And this is normal. We want to feel this way. We want to feel negative emotions about certain things like the aftermath of natural disasters, rape, murder, child abuse, genocide, the death of someone close to us, right? We want to feel sad, upset, horrified, terrified, right? We want to feel those ways about these things happening. And people who don't feel negative emotions about these things are kind of sociopaths, right? I mean, there might be variability to it. But if someone's happy about genocide, there's something wrong there, right? Like that's not we shouldn't be feeling positive emotions about these things. The thing to remember, though, is that we get messages from the media and advertisers, and just the people that we are around from a very early age, that we should be happier, that we should be happy most of the time. That's what advertising is. It's convincing us that we are missing out on something, right? That if we're hungry, this is the food we need. If we want to relax and have a good time, this is the alcohol we should drink. If we are wanting in any way, this is the thing that we should buy. And so those messages make us think that if we are not feeling good or not feeling happy, then we need something in our lives to make us feel better. And it's the same thing with gambling, right? Or so many other things that are those neutralizers that make us feel better, or at least not feel as negative. And so, so many of us then, when we aren't feeling that way, we think something is wrong. And then we overeat to try to feel better. We drink too much to try to feel better. We work too much to try to feel better. 
thinking that maybe more money will be the solution. And then in the aftermath of that, the result is no, you actually generally feel worse, right? We think, oh, I'm going to overeat all this stuff, or I'm going to eat all these sweets, it's going to taste so great. And it does for a moment. But then after the fact, you physically feel bad, emotionally, you may feel bad, you might feel regret or guilt over eating those things. And so then we're right back in the negative emotion cycle, having more than 50% negative emotions. So when you are managing your emotions, when you're doing thought downloads and doing thought models and finding those thoughts that aren't giving you the results that you want, that aren't making you feel the way you want to feel, then you can go through the process of thinking in a different way. So you're moving towards that 50-50, right? That's what we want. Now, she also said, are more thoughts just less negative, which I think is also definitely a possibility. If you think about Say you're somebody who is on social media all the time, has all the updates from the news agencies all coming up on your phone. You listen on the radio to the news. You're just constantly getting the news feedback, you know, that all that, that information in your head, you're going to have a lot more negative thoughts because what they are providing to you is a list of all the things that are wrong in general, right? You know, all the horrible things that happened, the number of people who were murdered, all the horrible things happening in the government, all the horrible things happening in the world. You never get a day on the news where the newscasters are like, hey, guess what? It was an awesome day today. Nothing bad happened. Everybody lived. Everyone survived. It was fantastic. Let's go around and talk to everybody about how they had such a great day. (laughs) right? Like if you listen to a newscast for 30 minutes about all the amazing things that that happened to everybody, think how good you'd feel. You'd be like, the world's amazing. Oh my God, look at all the amazing things that are happening to people. And look at the amazing things that happened to me. You immediately start looking at your life in that way too, except that's not at all the way that the modern news agencies operate at all. So when you are putting all of those negative sources of information into your brain all the time, then yeah, you're going to have a lot to manage, a lot of negative thoughts to manage. So say you decide, you know, those things really just don't serve me. I really can get the information I need and want through this other way of doing it. And that really serves me then yeah, a lot that you're going to have a lot fewer negative thoughts. Now, maybe you won't be as intensely negative about something going on in the government because you haven't heard about it over and over again. You haven't been bombarded with that information over and over again. You aren't constantly reliving the tragedies that are going on in the world by hearing about them and seeing images of them right? Maybe you are informing yourself as to what happened. You feel some negative emotion about that in the way that you would want to, and then you are moving on to something else. So for sure, you can sometimes have less negative emotions. But I want to also make sure that you understand that that 50%, and we say 50-50, 50% is the average over weeks and months. So it doesn't mean that 50% of every hour is going to be that way and 50% of every day is going to be that way. It's very possible that you still might have a day or a week or even longer than that, that was largely negative in terms of emotions and that can be okay. Because then you'll have other times when things are really going well and then you're having more than 50% positive emotions. And so it all evens itself out over time. So sometimes you will have something going on 
and try as you might, (laughs) right? You might be having some negative emotions and you're trying to coach yourself through it or trying to have a better feeling emotion, but ultimately your main emotion is a negative one. So I'm going to give you two examples in my own life to kind of give you an example of what I'm talking about. So just recently, we decided to switch our kids' school. So we had been at the old school for nine years. This was our ninth year. We had decided 10 years ago that we thought that it was at least worthwhile to start at that school for our oldest in preschool. And over the course of a couple of years, we decided, yes, I think this is the right school. I think this is where we want to be. And it really was the right fit for him for sure at that time. And then over the last couple of years, some things have changed and I don't have to get into all the details and bore you with all of that, but basically some things have changed and we had some concerns about sort of philosophy and opportunities and if the philosophy of the school was still in line with what we were wanting and needing. And as our two younger children were coming on board into school and we were seeing how they were developing and learning, we just were wondering if there was maybe a different school that would be a better fit. So literally nothing bad happened. There was no ill will there. My husband and I both have tremendous utmost respect for the teachers and everyone that we interacted with. It just was sort of, we felt like we sort of outgrew it. It just no longer was the philosophy that we were thinking was the right fit for our family. So It was one of those things where we had been talking with the new school for a couple of months and things were a little bit slow. And then we had the children do their visitation at the school and that was on a Tuesday. And then Wednesday morning, they offered them entrance into the school. And and we honestly did not know whether they would. There was, again, without getting into all the details, there was a real likelihood that they would have said no or that they just didn't even have space for all of them and that we would have to wait. So we hadn't said anything to pretty much anybody at school. Well, so they offer Wednesday morning that we, you know, that they want the children to start. The following week, we were going to be out of town for the first couple of days because we were going out of town for Thanksgiving week. So the kids wouldn't be there anyway. And the new school wanted them to start the Monday after Thanksgiving, which was just two days ago (laughs) as I'm recording this. So we notified the kids' teachers Wednesday night and then Friday was their last day. So it was a very whirlwind kind of, whoop, we're out of here kind of a thing. And in our minds, it certainly hadn't been because we'd been thinking about it for a long time. But it definitely was kind of a like, oh, okay, like, let's just change everything immediately. (laughs) And so that last day came, and I really felt sad. I felt really quite emotional about how sweet and loving the children's teachers were to the children as they were leaving. My oldest son, who'd had the same teacher, this was his sixth year with the same main teacher, she just did some really, really sweet things. And man, I could get choked up just thinking about it now. I mean, so touching, such a reflection of what an amazing, amazing teacher we always thought she was and continued to think she was, even though we thought that something else would be a better fit. So I found myself really choking back tears that day. And it's so interesting, right? Like you would think I'd be like, great, we're out of here. Let's go to the new school, which we have decided is better. But 
I wanted to feel sad. I thought, you know, it's okay for me to feel sad about the great things that we're that we're leaving, that we're leaving behind, the connections that we've made, teachers that we know truly, truly love and care about our children, and knowing that it was going to be just fine at the new school too, and those teachers will learn to love them and care about them as well. But it was emotional. I was feeling sad about it. And then fast forward to two days ago, Monday, start of the new school day, new school year, my mom sent me a text. She said, happy second first day of school. (laughs) And that's what it was. It was like starting all over again, except nobody else was starting their first day and trying to figure out all the new things and how everything works there, because it's quite a bit different than what we're used to. And I kept telling myself all kinds of things that were positive, right? That made me feel good. This is the right fit. And I truly believe that. You know, I really felt that we would have this figured out in no time flat, that the kids were going to be surrounded by other great classmates. They would make all sorts of new friends, all kinds of reasons why this was great. But still, my overwhelming feeling that morning was nervous and worried. (laughs) You know, so I'm nervous as I drop the kids off. Then I go home, I'm working and I'm just have that little like anxiety kind of thing going on. Oh, I hope they're having a good day. And I thought to myself, you know what? This is how I want to feel. You know, it would be weird for me to just not care how their first day at this new school is going for them right? It makes sense for me to have a 50% negative day on that day. And then at about 20 after one in the afternoon, my four-year-old daughter, her teacher called. I thought, oh my gosh, what's going on? Right? Immediately my brain goes to what horrible thing happened, right? (laughs) And instead she was calling to tell me how wonderful a day my daughter had had and how it was so great. And she just jumped right into everything and was such an eager learner and already had made a friend. And, you know, it was so great, right? And that made me feel good. But then I went right back into, oh, I hope the two boys are doing, you know, great. I hope they're having a good day. Right. So that's an example of when we are wanting to feel that authentic way, you know? So I decided to just accept that this is a bit of an uncomfortable time in life (laughs) because always the easiest thing to do is to stay where you are and to not change anything. But we wanted the change and what goes along with that are a bunch of great things for the kids, we think, but also some discomfort and some worry. And so that is normal. That's part of that 50% of life that is going to be negative. Now, what I want to tell you, though, is what I would have done in the past when I was still an overeater. I would have dropped those kids off and then I would have gone to Starbucks and I would have treated myself to a slice of pumpkin bread and some sort of fun sugary latte of sorts, probably a gingerbread latte, maybe a pumpkin spice one. And I would have thought, well, that's a nice thing to do for myself to make myself feel better, right? That's what I used to do. And I would treat myself with those things thinking that that was okay to do every now and then. And maybe it is okay to do every now and then, but it certainly doesn't make my worry go away. It distracts me for a little while. It gives me a bit of a dopamine hit, but I still keep all those same thoughts and emotions that I had anyway. And so instead of trying to make that go away with sugar and flour. Instead, I just decided to feel it and just to get to work and know that in a few hours I'd pick them up and whatever happened, we would get through it. (laughs) And, you know, they all 
ended up having a wonderful day. So it was great. And that reinforced that we were in the right place. So now I want to contrast this with our recent trip over Thanksgiving week. So my in-laws very, very generously and graciously invited all of us to go to Aruba for a week over Thanksgiving week on their dime. So it was my husband, our family, his brother and his family and his sister and his parents. So there are 13 of us and we all went down to Aruba. I had never been before. So you would think that sounds amazing, right? What could go wrong? (laughs) How could anything be bad? That sounds fantastic. And so I just want to give you a little story of how the day went when we were traveling down there. So we live in Milwaukee, and there are no direct flights, believe it or not, (laughs) from Milwaukee to Aruba. So we decided to fly from Chicago O'Hare, because then we could just fly direct and it would just, it's already kind of a long flight. Aruba is just north of Venezuela. So we thought, let's just do a direct flight. It'll be fine. So our flight wasn't until about nine in the morning, but we wanted to be there because it was an international flight, which we wanted to aim to be there about three hours in advance. So that meant that I got up at 2.30 that morning. The kids slept in their clothes. We woke them up at four. They literally got up and got in the car and we got going. And we drove down to O'Hare, no problems, dropped the car off, got to the airport, checked our luggage, got through everything. We were waiting, no big deal, got on the plane, everything seems to be going fine. And we're sitting on the tarmac. Well, actually, we hadn't even pushed back. We weren't even on the actual tarmac. And waiting, waiting, waiting. And the captain comes on and says that there's a problem with a light on one of the wings and that they need to just change out that bulb because even though we were flying down there during daylight, we were flying back. Well, not we, but they would be flying back in the dark. And so they wouldn't be able to leave if that light wasn't working. And they, of course, don't have the crew down in Aruba to be able to help them with this as well as they could at a big hub like in Chicago O'Hare. So, okay, fine. No big deal. So we're waiting for another long while and they come on and say, well, now they're having trouble finding the right bulb. So they're going to go look for it and trust us. We want to get to Aruba as much as you do. We're going to really try to hurry this up, but it's going to be probably another hour. (laughs) We're like, okay, that's fine. It's all good. We are good. We can sit here and wait. Well, so time passes. Then they come on and say, okay, they can't find the right thing. We are going to have you get off this plane and we're going to fly on a different plane. Okay, great. They've got another plane. I'm thinking we'll just get off the plane and get on the new plane, right? They'll board us. No big deal. Well, no, they had us wait for a good two hours. And maybe that's because they had to do something to get the plane ready. I don't know what it was, but that's what we had to do. So at this point, we are a good three hours plus delayed in terms of taking off. And it actually wasn't that bad because my brother-in-law and his family were also in the same airport. We were all flying together. So we hung out with them and the kids kind of talked and played and we caught up with them. And so it was no big deal. Managing my emotions. We'll get there when we get there. No big deal, right? Managing my thoughts. So we get on the new plane. Everything works fine. We take off and it's a five-hour flight. So it's a long flight. And during the flight, we have the worst turbulence that I have ever experienced. And I am not an anxious person. I've shared that with you before. And I don't really get nervous about flying, but I am telling you what, (laughs) I was nervous. I was nervous. And guess what my brain told me? This is like, (laughs) once we have like the first really big jolt, my brain goes, 
Oh my God, how sad. If this plane goes down, 10 out of the 13 members of this family will be dead. (laughs) Okay, thanks brain. Super useful. Fantastic. Luckily, I was aware and I could catch that one (laughs) and just be like, okay, that's not helpful. And so the thought that I chose that made me feel better was planes don't crash because of turbulence. Planes don't crash because of turbulence. Planes don't crash because of turbulence. Meanwhile, my kids are totally glued to their DVD players, basically don't even notice anything's going on. (laughs) So luckily, they weren't frightened. But that was the first part. Okay, so then we got through that. We land. We get off the plane, go through passport, you know, pass control, all the immigration stuff, and go to pick up our bags. And two of the bags come. And my brother-in-law's family, they have all their bags, so they leave. And we are still missing a bag. So, yep, one bag didn't make it. Apparently, 20 bags didn't make it onto that plane and then had to be rerouted through Newark or something the next day to be able to come. They were going to come the next day. And that was the suitcase that had all of our toiletries in it. So I immediately was like, oh, no. And I thought, no, this is okay. They have toothbrushes in Aruba. They have hairbrushes. We can buy sunscreen. It is not a big deal. Never mind that the kind of sunscreen I brought is only available in Canada and is the most amazing sunscreen ever. (laughs) And my redheaded children don't burn when we use it in the hot sun. But I thought, okay, it's okay. We'll be fine. This is all fine. We'll be able to do this. So then we had to wait in that long line, right? To give them the information about what our bag looked like, that it was missing that, you know, where we were staying so that they could bring it to us the next day. So that's fine. So then we go to get our rental car that my husband had set up and we go to the Avis station and, you know, we're on island time now, right? So everything is slow and there's people in front of us. And so finally my husband gets up to the front of the line and he's talking to the guy for a while and come to find out that when he set up the reservation, He did not set it up with the Avis at the airport. He set it up with an Avis at a different location and they did not have any cars that would fit our family. So we didn't have a car, which was not a problem because there are plenty of taxis, but we had just spent all this time waiting. (laughs) Meanwhile, it's so late. The kids are tired. They were such troopers. I couldn't believe it. And I'm just managing my mind, managing my mind. Like, this is fine. Everything is fine. So we go to get a taxi. And the first person is trying to convince us that we can fit the five of us plus the driver in a car that does not seat six people. (laughs) And I was like, no, that is not okay. And so then they worked it out. We found a, a car that could take us. And that taxi driver agreed to take us to a grocery store so that I could buy some toiletry things because they said that there were no drugstores open at that hour. And this ended up actually being super lucky because it was dark, it was raining, and the main highway was closed. So he knew all the back roads to get us to where we needed to go. And he also knew what grocery stores were open, what their hours were, things like that. So that was super helpful. So he drops us off. We think, okay, great. We're finally here. Let's just get our bags up to our room and then we'll go have some dinner. And so that takes some time. We get the keys. The bellhop goes up with us. We open the door and we go and look in and my in-laws are in there. And they're like, hi, you're here. We're like, yeah. And they're like, why are you in our room? And we're like, why are you in our room? (laughs) 
they had totally given us the wrong keys. It was like, not, each little thing was not a big deal, right? But it was just like, are you kidding me right now? Could one more thing go wrong? Come on. So we had a great bellhop who went down, handled the whole thing for us. I think he could just tell we were done <laughs> for the day. And so he was handling it. They had bought some frozen pizzas. So the kids were eating that. And I really didn't want to eat that. Thank goodness. My mother-in-law was so gracious as to come to our room after we put the kids to bed so that my husband and I could go down to the lobby and go eat a real meal, which was great. So that was fine. We all got there. I kept telling myself, this is all good. This is exactly why I coach myself. This is how you manage your thinking. So the next day I wake up and my husband says, okay, yeah, let's go get the, the rental car. So he calls them and they don't have any, they gave it away. And my brain just wanted to have such a fit. Like right now, I can see how it really wasn't a big deal at all. But my brain was just like, this trip is going to hell, you know, <laughs> like this trip sucks. Nothing's going right. Like totally going into emotional childhood, being mad, having a tantrum. And my husband said, no, it's not a big deal because there's a national reservation place. There's a national car rental place in the concierge area of the hotel. So we went down there and they of course didn't have a car that was what I wanted, but it ended up working fine. It was so funny. We ended up getting this little sedan that we all crammed into that was so bare bones. It had the windows that have to use the handle to roll them down. And my kids, especially my 12 year old could not get over that. <laughs> they thought it was the funniest, most amazing thing that you could roll a window down like that. And the same thing for adjusting the rear view mirrors. Like there's these little knobs, these little levers. And they're like, you use that to adjust it? And I'm like, yes, thank you for making me feel old. <laughs> they didn't always have power everything. So anyway, we, we get a new car and that's fine. We go grocery shopping, get some things. And then finally half that day is over and my brain is just in a funk, right? It's just like, here we spent half this day of our first day of vacation, getting everything sorted out. We still don't even have our luggage yet. Meanwhile, right? Lots of great things. We have all our swimsuits. We have all our clothes. Like lots of good things are happening, but my brain will not let me see it. And then I started noticing my brain creating these stories and telling me how it was going to be a terrible trip. And I had thoughts of why did we even come? And this was a terrible idea. And I started basically making up stories about how the kids were going to be crabby and they weren't going to sleep well, and it was going to be a disaster of a trip. And I had really no evidence for this, except for the fact that we hadn't had a great day the day before. But there was no evidence that the kids weren't doing well. They had slept fine that night before. Like, why Why was my brain doing that? I mean, they were off happily playing in the pool. We had other people there that we could hang out with who would help with the kids. It was so fascinating watching my brain just go completely to the negative and just tell me how it was not going to be a good trip. And so this is a great example of where I could choose to believe those stories and feel really negative. Or I could see that I was only looking at the negative slant and that I could change my thoughts around if I wanted to, that that was an option for me, that I was choosing to think the way I was thinking and I could also choose to think a different way. And that's when the more than 50% negative emotions 
is unnecessary, right? It has no upside for me. This is a time when I can just as easily believe we're going to have a great trip as I can believe that we're going to have a bad trip. So I don't really want to feel that way when I'm on this trip. Then it's worth it to do those models and really do the work to figure out, okay, where is my thinking not serving me? I would like to change that. So since I had that awareness of my thinking, I even told my husband, listen to what my brain is telling me. And he looks at me, he's probably trying to like cover up his just bewilderment. He's like, oh, really? Hmm. (laughs) He's not having that experience at all. But so I was able to see that it really made no sense to think this way. And that I was actively choosing to ruin my vacation with my thinking. And so what I decided to do then, because it wasn't really going away, I kept thinking that way, I decided to ask myself some better questions. You may remember the Better Questions podcast from a number of podcasts ago about how to change those questions to give you the answers that you're really looking for. And so the questions I asked myself were, how can I have some fun? You know, how can I create some fun for myself right now? And it was actually kind of hard. Finally, what I did was I went on the lazy river with the kids and then we had a great time and it was super fun. That's exactly what I needed to get me out of that spin cycle that I was in. And then the other thought I asked myself was, how can I find some time for myself? And this is always so important for me to remember the day before I had been with people the entire time and... I'm an introvert. So I need that time to be able to be by myself to just regenerate my energy on my own. And I hadn't had that. And so what I did for that was I offered to take my daughter up for a nap. And while she was napping, I was able to read and rest and feel back to my normal self so that the rest of the day and the rest of the trip, we could really have a nice time. So you can see the difference. There's a time when you are not feeling very positively, right? You're having negative emotions, but that feels like the way you want to feel. It feels right. It feels normal and okay to feel a little nervous and worried and anxious about my kid's first day at a new school. But it doesn't seem normal or useful or like it serves me in any way for me to basically ruin my vacation with my thinking. So I think that's something that is really, really useful for you to think about when you're thinking about this concept of 50-50, thinking about if I'm feeling negatively right now, is that my choice? Am I choose? Am I actively choosing this? Or is it just happening to me because I'm choosing it, but without intention, without being deliberate? And if you think, no, I don't really want to think this way at all about this. Great. That's when we have work to do. That's when a thought download and doing some models is a great idea. When you want to switch your current thoughts for some new thoughts. But there might be a time where you think, no, you know what? I had a kid come in the office today who was basically being abused and I had to call CPS and I just feel sick to my stomach over what this poor child has had to go through. You might want to feel that way for a little while, maybe not for days and weeks on end, but that probably feels right in that moment to think, gosh, what a terrible thing. That's empathy. That's what makes us good people, right? When we can put ourselves into someone else's shoes, but then knowing when it's been enough now, right? Okay. I've had empathy. I really have thought through what I might be able to do to help this child. And now I'm going to let it go and move on with my life. All right. So fun to talk to you. Always love it. 
And so one last plug, if you would please leave me an iTunes review, I would appreciate it so much. And I'm smiling. <laughs> so I know you're like, okay, turn this off now. No, if you could please leave me one. I know some people have said to me like, oh yeah, maybe I'll actually leave you one. So if you've thought that, could you please go ahead and do that? I would really, really appreciate it. So we're, like I said, almost halfway there, 247 today. So let's keep it up. If you don't mind, please leaving me a review. I would really, really appreciate it. All right, take care. I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on Weight Loss for Busy Physicians. Now, take the next step and go to KatrinaUbellMD.com to download just what you need. Join us again next week for more support to keep you in control and on the path to freedom around food.